0: Welcome to episode 27 of Kowalski Analysis. I'm excited to be back with you guys. we got another fantastic episode coming at you. Really exciting guest, incredible story. Ryan Stuman started off selling cocaine after dying, being brought back to life, and then locked up at 21 years of age at a maximum security prison on felony drug charges. He got a job at a car wash until one of his customers offered him a job in the mortgage industry. He went on to owning a branch of the company that he began working for. And in 2009 alone, he closed 183 mortgage loans in the state of Texas. He is now the creator of the G-Code and leader of the Apex movement. Ryan's mission in life is to help as many people as possible become the most elite version of themselves. Ryan is a top contributor to Forbes and has published 13 books, four of which have gone on to be bestsellers. Ryan has coached and helped over 20,000 clients and is a full-time investor who has ownership in 30-plus companies, with hundreds of employees. He's also a loving husband and proud father to three boys and lives in Dallas, Texas. And he is living proof that no matter how many times you get kicked down, you can get back up even stronger if you try. Welcome to Kowalski Analysis, Ryan Stuman.
1: What's up? I don't think anybody's ever like introduced me. They were like, uh, Ryan used to do drugs, right? That was, that was an interesting bio there, so, dude. So, I think
0: oh, it's all very true.
1: I can't argue with any of it, but uh, it was an interesting dude, way to start.
0: It just made me so much more interested in you. I, I, you know, I was researching you for the episode, and when I read that story, I think it was on uh, I don't know what it was on, it was on e- Elite, maybe. I don't know.
1: No, no telling, man. Cause you know, I've yeah. done some podcasts and, and written books and stuff kind of telling the story. So there's no telling where it may have come. Yeah.
0: Off. No, when I read this out there, <laughs> when I read the story about the prostitute, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you, you, your friends hired you a hooker. You, you, you know, first time doing blow, even though you've been selling it and then you have a heart attack and you die. I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Anybody who says I'm lucky, uh, clearly haven't read any of my books. <laughs> I'm not like, <laughs> you know, you can look at somebody from afar and go, well, this person seems to have all this going for them. They're, they're lucky. But uh, rarely is that the case. Usually there's lots of struggle underneath that they've had to overcome. And and I'm no, no different when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was checking out your Instagram page. You got some pretty big people following you. Anthony Trucks, Derek Jackson, uh, Nick Santos, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but
1: yeah, that's, that's my boy. I like Nick, man. He's good people. I like all the. I like Jackson too, man. He's written a really good book. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to get in with people that operate on a real high level that were chasing like the most elite version of themselves. And, mm-hmm. and um, I got lucky. I, I met a gentleman who was really tied into all of that network. He was one of their promoters for a lot of their Instagram shout outs and stuff like that and, you know, started getting invited to speak at their events, man, and became friends in really the last three years with lots of really cool people, man. I'm super blessed. It hadn't always been that way, but the last three years, it's been nice.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm sure that rubs off on you. So what, let me let, just go back for a minute with me. Like, what was your childhood like? Did you have both parents at home?
1: So uh, for a little while until I was probably four or five, then my folks split up. And uh, my dad, he like never came back. So I I still don't talk to him today. I've seen him a few times over the years, you know, but uh, he, he was like doing his own thing. And so my mom remarried and the dude that she remarried adopted me. Mm -hmm. And so I got like real mom adopted dad, and he was a pretty short fuse guy to say the least, not, not hating on the fellow, I guess it is what it is, but he and I were way different. And so it caused a lot of fighting and violence and, and stuff like that man so i i left school and home and everything when i was 15 or 16 years old I, I remember my parents they like put me into rehab and i had never even done drugs but while i was in this rehab for two months because uh, they thought i was on drugs even though i wasn't on drugs right so i go to this rehab for two months and i meet all these dudes that are on drugs and i'm like man i should become a drug dealer like there's a <laughs> super fucking demand for this stuff and uh as a kid that grew up you know like uh lower middle class, lower class family, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, uh, uh, rougher parts of town and, and stuff like that. You know, that seemed like a, a good opportunity, especially after hearing all those stories in there, which turned out not to be such a good opportunity because, uh, you know, I, I wasn't really about that life. I, I thought I was, but, you know, I, obviously it got stopped at a young, young age. Luckily I was 19 when I overdosed. Uh, the first time I ever tried Coke and, and only time to my knowledge uh that I've ever done coke and and overdosed somehow I don't even know it wasn't even that much I've seen people do a whole lot more so what I suppose I have not tested this right I'm not willing to but I suppose there's something in my body that doesn't get along with cocaine so I had to have had some sort of reaction or something like that or your tolerance
0: was just so low because you had never done it before
1: something but again I didn't really do a whole hell of a lot there was only like they only caught me with a, I think it was like uh, six grams or something like that. So, I mean, it wasn't like we were doing huge rails or what, anyway, so whatever it was, man, I'm not willing to try and see like, well, maybe it was just that one time, right? I'll see if I can die again. (laughs) Good
0: thing thing to be scared Yeah, yeah.
1: It it is, man, you know, and and, and I've struggled with other stuff over the years too. Uh, I'm no stranger to the struggle, you know, at all. And, uh, but about three years ago, four years ago, you know, I had this like great awakening in my life. You know, I had been helping uh, a certain niche in businesses. I was helping loan officers specifically, and then kind of branched out to real estate agents. And, and what I would see was I would help these people become successfully uh, successful financially, and then they would have problems in other areas of their life. And, and, and I could try to fix it for them, but they'd be like, yo, man, I just hired you teach me how to do marketing and stuff. I don't need you to, to tell me how to do divorce and my marriage. And it was like a, a fine line that I had to walk. And uh, like I said, three or four years ago, I just decided that I was just going to walk the whole line, man. It was like, I want to be an example, which keeps me accountable to the marketplace. I want to be a leader. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show people what it's like to come from the humblest of humble beginnings with no education and incarceration and everything else and, and make it out. And that there's still opportunity all around us, no matter what your skin color is, no matter who's president, no matter how you vote, there is op- no matter if you've been in prison twice, no matter if you've been adopted, no matter if you've been addicted to drugs, no matter if you've made mistakes in your life. I just want to show people that there's still so much more out there that we can get our hands on, man. We can't fall victim to the narrative of, Oh, you made a mistake. You can never be great. Cause that's, that's not what we should be subscribing to. You know?
0: Hey, yeah, man, for sure. I actually wrote a blog about it. Not long ago is called nobody cares work harder. And, uh, you know, it was a statement that Lamar Jackson made on the Ravens when he, you know, there was someone who was trying to get him to play victim about the fact that he wasn't drafted higher, you know? And he was like, nobody cares, work harder. He went on to become the MVP the next year. And it's like, it's that refusal to play victim. And it's such an empowering um, stance because when you play victim, it's disempowering. Like it takes everything away from you because you're like, okay, these circumstances are outside of my control is what made me this way. And I really don't have, there's nothing I can do about it. Like it might get you some sympathy or pity, but it's not going to change your situation. You know, like, so I really respect that. Um, as far as I want to talk to you more about the, like the, the whole becoming the most elite version of yourself. And cause it's not just about sales. So like, did all this stuff come natural to you or you just started reading books or what, what, you know, how it work.
1: Uh, it, it anything but natural. And, you know, so I, I believe I have this theory that there's something that, that guards this planet called the force of average and it's jobs to keep you average, right? You have an average life. People seem to think that's an admirable, humble, uh, saint worthy thing to do to, you know, Hey, I just raised three good productive members of society and lived a great life. Like, like, that's what people think that that's okay. You know, hey, I made a little bit above the median income. You know, we never went without, you know, and I provided for my kids. And, and I don't believe that when God made us, he was like, and I want you to be just average, right? I don't <laughs> think that that's, that's like what, what happened. I think he built us to be elite. And somewhere along the, the, the way, this force of average algorithm here on this planet interrupts us. And so technically we're at war with an invisible enemy every single day called the force of average. If you're below average, it's easy, right? They'll give you welfare checks. They'll give you free Starbucks. You can go live on the beach in Hawaii, right? Easy money. No big deal. Anytime you try to push above average though, you get resistance. It's it's Newton's law, right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So how many people out there listening, you know, they had their first six figure year. And then the next year it was like feast or famine right? How many times have you found the the person of the woman or man of your dreams and then you got drunk and made a mistake and slept with their ugly fat best friend, right? (laughs) How many times have you done business? Yeah, How many? we're all guilty. How many times have you like done business with somebody and then made the mistake of doing them wrong and couldn't swallow your pride to make that thing work and end up splitting in business, right? So, But those, because you were on path to greatness, you were on path to being with the right person for the rest of your life. The force of average distracts you. And screws that up and sends you back to some average abusive relationship that you're used to right you yeah for some reason we don't feel like we deserve this eliteness to be the greatest version of ourselves and so the force of average is your enemy and if you're going to go to war which we are uh, against an enemy a you need to identify the enemy that's why america gives them names the taliban isis whatever right and so then we've got to know and have a name for the enemy in this case it's the force of average and we also have to know what that enemy's weapon is, right? If we go to war against China, we got to know what kind of weapon China's messing with before we decide what we're really going to say, right? And so when if we're going to a war and its weapon is distraction, right? It wants to distract us. See, from the ages of three to seven, our subconscious mind is open, meaning like we're learning to walk, talk, use the restroom, all these things. After seven, it seals off. You have subconscious, which remembers and retains everything. And then a conscious mind, which is like, ram in a computer basically right and so but the subconscious mind never forgets our whole life from when we're young we're told we can't focus we can't pay attention we can't sit still we talk too much in class we want too much attention we start getting told these things we're told things like we can't afford this money doesn't grow on trees we're told all these things that are stored in our subconscious right and so the force of average starts distracting you from being great at a young age But so if we're at war with something and we know that it has a weapon, then we've got to have a weapon that's equally as powerful or more powerful too, right? And we do. I believe that all humans have a a superpower called focus. Most people don't know what focus really is. Most people think focus is like seeing something, when in reality, focus is having a vision and a relentless path in pursuit to make that vision a reality. Right. Being in the zone. That's what focus is. And we all know because like the teachers will come tell me about my kids. I can't focus. You know, something's wrong with them. You can't focus. I'm like, lady, I did not seen this kid sit in a chair for six hours, and not even get up to piss while playing a video game. The dude can focus. All right. Maybe you need to make class a little more entertaining. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, right. And,
1: and, and so like, you know, we have this, but people are trying to tell us that we can't do it at a young age. Then what happens? We turn 13, 14, 15. We start saying things like, well, you know, I can't focus or I got ADD or I'm easily distracted. Then we're speaking these curses over ourselves, right? And the force of average is just loving it because it's wearing down that focus. Mm -hmm. But what you got to do is you have to focus every day. And there's really four things you got to focus on. You got to focus on having a grateful mindset, which is the precursor to abundance. You got to focus on taking care of your genetics, right? You want to be in good shape. You got to focus on your grind. You got to be able to make money. That's your business, right? And then you got to focus on the group of people in your life, your friends, family of choice, kids, wife, husband, man. When you focus on winning at just those one time in each of those areas every day, it starts to stack up and then you become unstoppable. So the reason why I say this is when in 2005, I read this book, it's still up here called the law of success by Napoleon Hill. And I was making about $700,000 a year. And I wanted to be the speaker that I am today. But I had the wrong person in my life, right? That was one of those things. The wrong group of people were in my life. So they would tell me things like, well, who's going to listen to you, man? You're just a convicted felon. Hell, ain't you about to go back to prison? Like, who's going to listen to you be a motivational speaker? And I gave up on my dream and went back to becoming uh, a loan officer again, right? Then the loan officer thing was taken from me in 2010 because this licenses uh went from state to federal and I had a felony. They would give me one long story short. I had to find a business that I didn't have a boss and I didn't need a license. And so I ran into internet marketing. At first I used it for multi-level marketing and made some money and stuff like that. But I realized, man, that there was something bigger that I could do. So then I started helping loan officers. And then, like I told you earlier, it just kind of expanded to, I can help people make money, be in shape. Like there's so much that that, that I've done, that I'm leading by example by that. And now we have thousands of clients that are leading by example too, that, that, you know, we've just created this, this huge movement, but it only attracts real people, you know, like the, the fake get next to us and they're like, oh man, these guys are going to know my secrets, you know, uh, because we're, we're all moving on the, the, the same vibe focused on winning in those areas every day. We even created an app where you can log in and you get to track, it's gamified, you get to track your personal development, it's free, it's at uh, gcodechallenge.com, and uh, you can just get the app right there for free, and we don't sell you nothing, there's no upsells or anything like that, but it helps you get points, one point for one win in each one of those areas every day, up to four points in a month, you should have around 100 points, right, and then have created a habit, because that's about how long it takes to make one.
0: So th- let me go to those four areas again, real quick. It was, I know your grind health and your group of friends. What was the first one? So it's, it's grateful mindset, grateful, right? Gratitude. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Genetics, which is your health and wellness, your genetics, yep. your grind and a group of people. Right. We call that the G code, right? That's the right. four things you have to focus on winning. If you want to be great.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the, in routine. You know, like success is just the consistency of the actions over and over. I mean, you might have to tweak different things. What's your morning routine like? What do you time you wake up?
1: Well, so we have like a whole ritual for the G-code and uh, the most successful people live this way. I wake up between five and six every morning without an alarm clock. Uh, I wake up, go to the gym. I'm usually in the gym about 630 Uh, it's probably 15 minute drive from my house, but that gives me time to drink some water and get my head right and everything. I'm in the gym. Then come back home after that. Right now I've been doing 75 hard. So I've been hitting two a day. So I've been working out a second time a day for the last 57 or 58 days, but, um, then go to work for the day. Usually done with work around three or four o'clock, come home, spend time with family. And then usually I got something going on in the evening time, like a speaking gig or, uh, a meetup with some customers or clients or friends or something like that. I'm a pretty social person. So um, usually I've got something in the evening time too. So I'm maybe home from like, you know, six, seven o'clock to see my kids and then I'm back out till maybe nine or 10 o'clock doing something with, you know, networking or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. We got to get you linked up. I got a group down there. So I started a nonprofit called city Fam. We actually have a, a group that started up there not long ago. They're in the kind of the pre city Fam phase are called single Fam Dallas check it out. It's, uh, they're not all singles, but it's, a, it's just good people that do a lot of like social stuff in the, you know, social fun without regrets, we call it. Um, and then they give back, they volunteer a lot in the community. So I think I actually might be down in Dallas in like another month. So if I do, I'll definitely, definitely look you up, but I love yeah, what man. you said about that force of nature man. I was or that force of average. Um, I was talking to a friend about it the other day and she's, uh, we're writing a book together and she's been distracted and she hasn't been able to like do a, a couple of important things, things that she knows are that are tied to what she really wants in life, something that's really gonna make her happy. And I was relating to her when I wrote my book, my my book Why Waiting Works, there was something I couldn't explain what it was. I knew it was what. I needed to do that was going to move the organization forward. But there was like something, it was, I was holding myself back from my own success. It was almost like I was sabotaging myself. I told her this just like literally like two days ago. And I was like, I don't know what it was. It was like, I knew it was the thing I needed to do that would move me forward. But there was something in within me that was holding my own self back. And that's it's it sounds like identical to what you just said. Is that's force of average. I've never heard anybody explain it like that, but there really is something that like, you might know what to do and there's this procrastination or this distraction and you just don't do it for some reason.
1: It's weird. You, you either let it win or you win, you know? It, I, I hate going to the gym. I've been doing it for 20 years. Last year in September of 2019, I broke my neck in two places. Um, I wouldn't have been able to walk again if I hadn't been in the gym for the last 20 years, right? So it literally saved my life and I still hate it, okay? Every morning when I wake up, I don't wake up and go, hooray, I get to go be sore again. Hooray, I get to go sweat again. No, I get up and I go get it knocked out so that I don't have to worry about it all day. It's that yeah. simple, right? It's Thank just, it, and, and the force of average, every morning, let me tell you what it does. It creeps in my mind. and goes, hey, man, you got 57 days where you've been doing this twice a day, bro. Chill. You're good, man. You earned it. It starts talking to you like that. But here's what I know. I can't wait till I feel like going in the gym because I'll never feel like going there. so I just gotta act my way into the feeling,
0: yeah, that's it. you're right. I, my buddy says I hate it. I just hate it more when I don't go. yeah, exactly <laughs> So what is it? Is it a switch because I know there's people out there or is it you know is it just getting so clear on the why like getting the vision so clear that you like it just pushes you through the pain or is it just a matter of making up your mind and flipping the switch or is it just both?
1: Well, you know, first I believe that you have to have goals and then you have to break those goals down into the daily. So if I want to make a million dollars a year, we're going to just going to call that $3,000 a day, right? I know it's a little less than that. It's like 2,700 and something, but we're just make it for easy math, $3,000 a day. To a lot of people, a million dollars sounds like a lot of money. But $3,000, man, we've all either got that back in a tax refund check or owed it to somebody or paid cash for a car or an iPhone these days or what. We've all paid three grand for something, right? So we can wrap our head around three grand. And so now we're not worried about this million dollar big number. We're worried about this $3,000 number that we got to hit every single day. Okay, so we got to have a clear vision on what we want to make. Let's say that you only want to make half a million dollars a year. And I'm not judging. I think you should make more, but let's just say that you want to make half a million. Then all of a sudden you're at $1,500 a day, $1,500 a day. That don't sound like shit. Does it not really? <laughs> doesn't sound like a lot, but that's half a million dollars a year. Okay. Yeah. Let's say you want to make 10 million a year. It's 30 grand a day. I could go on forever. Right? So the point is we, we put a goal in December. Okay. That's right around the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, we put a goal out there. Hey, we're going to make a million dollars in 2021. Okay. So we're going to break that down to the daily. That's $3,000. Okay. What do you want genetically at the end of 2021? At the end of 2021, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. Okay, cool. So what you need to do is you need to lose 15 pounds over the first 90 days, not the first nine days, and then just hold the shit off for the rest of the year. Right? So, okay. So now we got a plan. So you're going to go from 215 to 200 in 90 days and then hold it. Okay, cool. So what do we got to lose a day? Shit. We just need about 500 calories less. All right. So now we got some measurement, okay? The people around us, we need to make ourselves a dream 25 list, a group of people that we want in our life, 25 people that we want a relationship with, that we can trust, do business with, be friends with. Mine includes a pastor, politicians, many politicians, many uh, athletes, many celebrities. They're all my friends now. Why? Because I got serious about interacting with these people where they're at on social media and not being a fan and not being a weirdo and not being a taker, but just going in there as somebody that's like cheers them on for what they're doing on social media, somebody that they can trust and get familiar with. Shit don't happen overnight, right? Cause there's plenty of people playing the fanboy thing. So just go in, play it cool. But I got 25 people on my list that I want to be close to at the end of the year, okay? And by the way, when you've been doing this for three or four years, that list starts to get really big. You start to have a hell of a network like I do, okay? The last thing is in our mindset. We got to figure out where we're at on a scale of one to four. Okay, one being angry. You are just falling apart, man. You're like angry. You're jealous of everything, right? Two is you're complacent. You feel like you 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 need more. You feel like you want to do more, but you feel like you're being held back in some place, right? Three is you're on track, man, but you're not at your goal yet. And one is that you are like just as happy about everything in your life as possible, right? And the idea is to be a one but you can't go from a four to a one, or I'm sorry, the idea is to be a four, but you can't go from a one to a four. You have to make the transition into the different levels so that you don't screw it up. Just like you can't lose 90 pounds in nine days and keep it off for nine months. It's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be done over 90 days and then kept off the remaining nine months. Okay, so the reason why I say that, it's not a switch that needs to be flipped. It might be an aha moment like, oh shit, this guy's just taking some big concepts and broken them down into simple math and showed us how we can win on a daily basis, which is, which is what I do for people. That's why I'm on this mission to change the world. But at the same time, that's all it is. It's just knowing your numbers and making sure you keep score every single day. That's why we created the G-Code app so that you can go in there and keep score every single day and know that you're hitting your numbers and know that you won. Because man, now, instead of letting all these political worlds on fire stuff distract you that's going on, You're focused on the things that matter to you, which is the group of people in your life, the grind that you got to take on, having a grateful mindset and your genetics, me can't lose. Who cares what's going on out there?
0: Man, that's good, dude. I I just challenge everybody actually that's watching right now, drop a comment. Let me know what you just took away from that. For me, that dream 25 list, man, that was good. You know, like it's common sense. Who do you want to get to know? You're going to become like the people you associate with. So make a list. And then just start adding value, even if it's just you liking their posts, leaving comments on their stuff at first. So it sounds like knowing what you want and then having the patience because, you again, you don't want to rush in and, you know, be be one of those people that tries to get all close. It's not
1: even the patience, man, because this ain't the secret, right? It's not like I told you to write 25 names down and then just call out loud. Hopefully God will grant your wishes. God's not a magic genie. God will like what has to happen is you got to take action. So, you know, you got 25 people on the list. If you hit each person, like let's just say three people a day. So you send a DM to one, you commented on one of them's posts and you shared one of them's stories or something like that. That's three people a day. Every three weeks you would go through that list. And so twice, twice every six weeks you're engaging with somebody. So it's a process, but you're taking action, but you also don't want to seem like the fan that's on every, every post. And, you know like, like there's a fine line because the last thing anybody needs especially if you're going after an influence or whatever is another fan right right somebody that's going to be weird and make it awkward right they're normal people they just want to be treated like a normal person too right sure. yeah and and so you know but you got these 20 and it for some people it may not be celebrities for some people it may be local business owners or the pastors or the politicians or the police chief or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. but now that you know who you're going after and you've got social media and their website and shit to be able to engage with them at least you got a plan now you know yeah that's good i didn't grow up in the skull and bone society you know i grew up in living in trailers and you know white trash towns and shit like that so you know i didn't grow up with the, the introduction to the kids from harvard and private school that built billion dollar businesses and shit but i got it now because I got clear on getting in contact with the people who had those keys. you know and, and again, if you're a cool person, they start to like you, meet at an event or they happen to be in town and hit you up or you happen to be in their town and you know y'all go to dinner or whatever the case because you feel like you got the rapport, or they like you or whatever the case, right like, you got to understand like if, if you're really cool and they get along with you, they'll introduce you to other people too because they'll know that you're a safe bet. I met I'm not even a big sports fan, but I have lots of Super Bowl champions as friends and clients. Uh, just because word of mouth, hey, this guy's not going to treat you like some football player. He's, he's just going to be real with you, you know? What, do you,
0: what are they working with you on, the athletes particularly? Uh,
1: mindset and building their business, you know? So in our, I have a, my, my main business, I guess that I'm, I'm active in is something called Break Free Academy. And that's our like apex coaching program. Um, it, and so what we do is we have different levels of the program depending on where you are in life. Uh, but we help people get to the top of their game in, in those four areas. That's what we do. So these guys come to us after they've got their Super Bowl rings, after they've won the championship in basketball, after they became the all-star athlete, the UFC star, whatever the case may be. And they come to us and they're like, hey, I've got this name. I've got this drive. How can we duplicate what I did in the sports world in business? You know? And a lot of them are still hungry and – That's what we do. We show them where to invest their money. We show them what businesses to start up, how to become either influencers or course creators or paid speakers or something of that nature. But we do that with business people too, man. I can take the plumber from around here, show them how to write a book, get them some videos on YouTube about how to unclog a drain. The next thing you know, the dude will be famous as hell speaking on plumbing convention stages all over the United States.
0: Dude, that's awesome, man. I I think I might need to talk to you
1: man, we can help. Oh. That's what we do. 12 yeah. years of this shit, not a one-star review anywhere on the internet, man. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do? Right. We've yeah, had like over 20,000 clients and we don't have any one star, no ripoff report, no nothing, man. We've, we really, I've got a heck of a team, man, but we really dedicate ourselves to the people that we serve. That's awesome, man. Yeah.
0: I was I was checking out some of your content on social media. You pump out a lot, some good stuff too.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, to a fault, I'm one of those guys that if I say I'm going to do something, I don't stop. So uh, if I say I'm going to be a good dad, it's not for a week. I'm, I'm here for a lifetime, you know. And in 2011, I said I was going to start podcasts and I never stopped. And from like 2011 to let's say 2016, nobody listened. You know, it wasn't like your show where you got an audience and everything else, man. It was like three people a month listening to my shit, right? but somewhere a momentum caught. I got famous. I don't know what happened. I'm not famous. That was a joke, but, but something happened and now we have 3 million monthly listeners to my podcast. So somewhere it consistently, I mean, it's not like, you know, all over the place, like consistently growing. And uh, you know, it's crazy because had I quit in 2016 after five years of no results, you know, but it's the same with my blog, you know, I, Started hardcorecloser.com in 2012 and decided to write once a week, twice a week. And then it got to where I was doing it more and more often. Invited a few of my clients to write on it with me. Now there's probably 3,000 articles on the website. It's got something new published every day, podcasts, everything. I just never quit. And so the reason why I tell you that story is you say, oh, you have a lot of content out there you might just now be seeing shit that I wrote in 2016. that was really good, but nobody was reading it then. So I get to use it now. Yeah. So it looks like I have, you know, like I'm just always behind the computer cranking out content. But the truth is I did that for so many years. It's like, I got an archive that I could reach in and pull the content out and, and give it to, but uh, because it, even though nobody read it back then, in my mind doesn't mean that it wasn't any good. I just didn't have the audience then. Yeah. But man. now they get to experience, you know?
0: Dude, that's awesome, man. That really inspired me. You know, the word says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. There's a verse in, you know, the, the Bible. I think I, I made YouTube videos for, it was probably close to a year. I, it took me like almost six months to a year to get my first subscriber. Now I got like 35,000, which isn't a huge channel, but it's my, it's the biggest platform that I have. And there was definitely a time where I thought, am I wasting my time with this? Like maybe, you know, the thought cr- crossed my mind to quit. And I think that's probably where most people get tripped up as you know they quit before the miracle happens it, you know like there there's another uh story in the bible where god told the uh israelites to march around the, the walls seven times you know i saw a sermon that says don't stop on six imagine if they would have stopped on the sixth time you know because the, the walls wouldn't have fell it was the seventh time that they fell so it's i mean that that's a hell of a long time though five years to not get results and to keep going i think i might have got discouraged
1: and quit by then but man, it, for me, I have this calling. Like I said, I've known it since 2005 and, and at no point when I said I was gonna follow my calling, did I get like a promise from a creator or God or a business partner or a publishing house that said, we're gonna make this easy for you and you're gonna blow up overnight. I never got that memo. So my job was to do what we call do the work despite, do the work despite results. Because I'm getting paid now in 2020 off of effort from 2016, off of effort from 2014. Had I not put that effort in 2014 and 2015 in, I might not be collecting 2020 money. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, hey, I put effort in today, I get money today. Now nah, that's poverty mentality, right? I got a dollar today, I got to spend it today. Now that's probably the wealthy think about, hey, the work that I did five years ago is gonna pay me for the next 10 years, right? And I'm only five years into that. So I still got another five years where it's gonna pay me, but guess what? I'm doing the work today that's gonna pay me for the next 10 years too. So it's a perpetual cycle that never ends as long as I show up every day and do today's work that's gonna pay me in the future. So we gotta get our minds off of, you know, oh, I do something today, I get paid today. No, I do something today, I get paid every day for the next 10 years.
0: I love it, man. I would just made me think about another verse that I talked about in a vlog where I, it, it says the Bible says there's seed, seed time and harvest, and I think a lot of people read that like seed time and harvest, and they think you plant and then you harvest, and it's like no, there's seed time, and then there's harvest. Like you gotta you gotta wait, man. You gotta put that seed in the ground. And you got to give it chance, a chance to germinate and pop up, you know, like, and you got to water that seed and you got to, you know, till that ground and do all that stuff. And people, you're right. They they get in this impatient mindset where they plant a seed and they're like looking for it right away. I know for me, I've been on this, this path of uh, self-improvement for about nine years. And I'd say the first four or five years, it was just like, I was reaping from my, former life I was still reaping a harvest of bad decisions you know like and I've been there man and it's hard to get out of that hole because you know like I always tell people there's forgiveness there's always forgiveness in God you know you can turn around at any time but the deeper you dig that hole the longer it's going to take you to come out of it you know so if you're way down in it where you just been doing you know doing dirt for a long time just to get back to a place of normal is going to take a while. You know, and it's so, such a hard journey that most people quit because they can't, they can't, they can't walk that far. You know, that's like walking in the opposite direction of a place you want to go. Eventually you just get tired and you stop. But, uh, man, that's good. I really, that, I needed to hear that, you know, cause I, I'm like, I've, I've been looking for the harvest myself. I'm like waiting for the breakthrough. Like, damn, where is it? God, but that's good.
1: Well, you know, man, uh, two things that I'll add to that for you is there's seed and feed. Right. So when when you do go harvest, man, if you don't take some of those seeds and some of that harvest and replant it, you're not gonna have another harvest. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people do that with money. Like they go make ten thousand dollars, they buy a ten thousand dollar Rolex, Rolex, that money stopped right there. They go make a hundred grand, they buy a hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini. That money stopped right there. What I've always done is kept money moving. So I'm making money. Sure, I've got a mortgage and I've got electricity payments and I got an office rent and things like that that I gotta pay. Okay. But at the same time, whatever I have left over, I'm putting into the stock market. I'm putting into business ventures. At this point, I'm playing a higher level game. So I'm buying franchises. I'm buying trademarks and rights and businesses and things of that nature. But I'm still making that money move because I can go take this hundred grand and instead of buying a Lamborghini. I can buy two Taco Bell franchises, have somebody running the franchises for me, and it's paying me three or $5,000 a month and so now all of a sudden i can go lease that lamborghini and use the taco bell money to pay for the lamborghini and then when i'm done with the lamborghini the taco bell money's still coming in right and so so a lot of people they don't understand that that you when you get that harvest some of it's for you to eat but not all of it some of it's got to go back into the land so it continues to make you a harvest in the future and and it doesn't matter if you're a police officer making 50 grand a year or a teacher making forty-eight thousand dollars a year if you can learn to live within your means which means don't go out drinking buy a Japanese car like a Honda Civic, those things will drive forever. You can drive it for the next 20 years as long as you change the oil and put gas in it, right? And so if you'll if you live in a decent apartment, not go into debt, buying a bunch of furniture and flat screen TVs and everything else, but you save up your money, let's say at the end of every year, you got $5,000, right? That's $5,000 to buy in stocks over the course of five years that $25,000 will turn into somewhere around thirty-five dollars to $45,000 if you're just buying blue chip stocks over a five-year average period. Then guess what? Now you got $50,000 to go flip your first piece of real estate for. You go buy a $100,000 house, you put 50 grand down on it, you sell the house after you've done the work and everything for $125,000. Now all of a sudden, you've got $75,000 out of the 50. Like There's ways no matter how much money you make, it just takes patience, right? Me, I might be able to flip that house in five minutes because I got the money. But ten years ago, it would have taken me those five years to save up that cash to get there. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, okay. and and so many people out there think, hey, the only way to get money, the only way to be uh, well off, is by you know uh, making a whole bunch of money. But that's not the case either. So the second thing though that I want to say, so there's there's seed and feed. You got to keep investing that money and making it move. The other thing is, you know, you said seed time and harvest. A lot of people, they fall out during the time. Yeah. You know, don't, don't think there wasn't a week that went by that I wasn't like, man, nobody's listening to this podcast. Why am I even doing it? But, but I'm self accountable. So I told myself because I said I was going to do it. I don't want to do it, but I said I was going to do it. So I'm going to do it. My word's good. If my word's no good with me, how the hell am I going to expect it to be good with anybody else?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. So, talk to me about We're your book. Them up to date, it says the <laughs> book is uh, "Fuck Your Excuses: The Misfits Guide to Avoiding Upper Limits." So, where where did that, where did the name come from? More specifically, where did the subtitle come from, "The Misfits Guide to Avoiding Upper Limits"?
1: When when I first started coaching uh, people on their minds, not just their business, um, I wanted to help people like me you know, people that didn't have a silver spoon in their mouth their whole life, people that came up the hard way, people that grew up in the struggle. And, you know, like I said, in the beginning, maybe they're getting ahead financially, but then they're screwing up their marriage or maybe they're getting ahead financially, but they're screwing up their genetics because they're drinking every night and doing hard drugs and and going out to strip clubs and all these things that go together oftentimes with success. right? Right. So I wanted to write a book that taught people, and this was pre Force of Average. This was pre G code. That book was written in 2014, I believe. And so the premise of it is, it was the first time that I had ever offered people to do a mindset training. All this time I've been this social media guy. And in 2014, I said, hey, I'd like to do a a training on mindset, would you buy it for 99 bucks? And so we sold about a thousand of them, right? And, uh, I end up doing four weeks and then I gave it away the last four weeks. Right. I'd end up doing twice as much. That's like a habit of mine. I always do over and above, but, um, so I promised them four weeks, End up doing eight weeks. And then I had it transcribed and, and re-edited into that book, man, because there was so many people that, that it changed their lives. And really at that time in my life, six years ago, I had a lot that I had to get off my chest. So it was almost like you're going through it with me. Like when you read the book, you're going to feel like you're going through the, you know, getting rid of your excuses, uh, having to take personal responsibility, getting over the shit that's happened in the past. You're going through that right alongside of me. So, um, you know, but that book is, uh, it's changed a lot of lives. It really has. And, and, you know, over the last six years, we've added to it on how we do things like in Apex, we've added the G code, we've added the force of average language, but that was like the beginning of all that stuff.
0: Why does it say avoiding upper limits though?
1: Well, because, well, most people have some sort of limit. Okay. Like uh, they want to, let's say they want to make a hundred grand a year. And in October they get to 70 and nobody in their family's ever made 70 grand before. So they start getting a little awkward or wherever that 70 grand is their upper limit. Right. So we want to avoid getting hit at an upper limit and go way beyond that. That's where mm. greatness is at. The upper limit is from the force of average. It's a distraction at a certain number. Right. But greatness doesn't have a limit on it. Like all the time, people say, assuming when's enough money enough, right? You've got good money. You've got as if they know what I got. But anyway, people assume, right. Yeah. And they say, well, you look like you got a bunch of money and when is enough? enough?" Why would I put a limit on success? Because at this point I have everything that I want, but now I can help as many people as possible. Get what they want. Employees, other business owners, investors, employees, other investors. The JVs, the logistics partners, the software providers, man, I'm putting jobs and numbers on everybody's board around here. So why would I want to put a limitation on that, Yeah. right? And so we just avoid the whole upper limit process all together and pushing past it, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I get it now. So what drives you, man? Cause you you got a lot going on and like, I, I can understand why people are saying how much is enough. Um, what motivates you to keep doing this, to keep pushing yourself in this respect?
1: Cause man, I'm on a mission. You know, if I can help people avoid what I had to go through and not just prison or divorce or drugs, man, just the business lessons, the mindset lessons, man. And, and, you know, I just, I have a calling to help people. You know, that's my mission in life. That's not just some tagline for a business. Like it's my mission to help as many people as possible become the most elite version of themselves, man. That's a God given phrase spoken over my life. Notice it doesn't say to teach or to lead. It says to help, Yeah. right? A helper, man. When you go on a job site, a helper's got a hammer too, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I roll. And, and so that man, just, a, I was in an event last week with 15 people. I've done five seminars back to back once a week for the last five weeks. I got one tomorrow and I got one next week too, man. So it's like, we're just back doing these smaller live events with a hundred or less people. Right. And, uh, last week I'm in a room and there's 15 or 20 people in the room that all paid five or 10 grand to be there each. Right. And so at the end of it, I said something about cars. And I was like, who in the room owns an exotic car? And it was three people that raised their hand. And those were the only three clients that were mine in that entire room. And, and here's the cool thing. It's not about just cars, but I know that these three dudes dream their whole lives of owning McLarens, Lamborghinis, and Ferraris, and Porsches, and shit like they have. And and for them to sit there in that room and be able to signify and raise their hand that their dreams came true, right? They've also got great marriages. They're also all three in peak physical shape. But just to know that, like, ever since we, they were kids, man, all three of them have been car dudes their whole lives, and they all drive cars that most people would kill for, man. That, little things like that make me feel great. You know what I mean? One day it'll be my kids. My kids are nine, eight, and three. One day it'll be them that I'll see go through this transition. You know, my yeah. little dudes are already making YouTube videos and stuff. It's crazy. Nice.
0: So, what are you excited about? What are you working on?
1: man, you know, people always ask me that, but we do the same thing, you know? So it, it, I'm not one of these guys that's really working on something new all the time. I'm working on perfecting the same old thing because it, it it's never going to change, man. The methods may vary, but the principles never do. And so, man, we just stay excited because we got new people coming on board with us every day, changing their lives, you know? And, and uh, it's crazy because now we have such a cool network that When someone comes in and they make money, we show them where to invest it. We get to put them in deals with us, deals that we're buying into, deals that we've vetted, that we've taken care of, you know, whether it be a real estate portfolio or some kind of lending portfolio or whatever the the deal is that we have out there. We have a whole like system of buying businesses, investing in deals. So it's like, I, I get to truly change people's lives, man. And so I just keep focusing on that every day. You know, how many lives can we change? How many people can we we take to elite status because man, you make a million dollars a year. You're in the 1%. I don't care who, who tells you what, man, that's elite status. And it's not that hard to get there. Million dollars a year. It's not that hard to get there. It's $86,000 a month. Most of you have done it in a year. You can make 86,000 in a year. You can make it in a month. You just got to 10 your efforts. That's all.
0: Sounds like Grant Cardone.
1: Follow him. Yeah. Everybody that says 10 X that guy, you know, wasn't the person that kind of came up with that phrase, but I like Grant. Yeah. Um, I take him in, in spurts every now and then. He's a little different different flavor, but there's there's no doubt that he's a uh, one of the top successful guys in the game. So there's lots of respect for him, for him from that
0: standpoint for sure. Yeah, yeah he's a real estate. Is he Texas also? Texas guy? Uh,
1: no, he's uh, he's Florida. Florida, okay. I have some friends that uh, matter of fact, his his vice president was in I met Grant through me. He was in one of our first masterminds with Frederick Ekwin back in 2014. And now he's Grant Cardone's vice president. So it's a small world, but Hey, it's, I say it's small world, but there's a small circle of people making big moves. They're going to make it regardless.
0: You know? Yeah. So how can people work with you if they want to like get started, they go to
1: hardcorecloser.com or how should they get in contact with you? So if you want to talk about the Apex program, we we take applications. There's some things that we got to check off with you first to make sure that you're not going to get in there and kill the morale, kill the culture. Cause we, you know, our mission statement in Apex is we represent what winning looks like at all times. And so you don't have to be winning right now. We'll get you on that track, but we got to make sure that you at least have a coachable mindset. So it's application only. You can go to join the Apex, join the Apex.com. And uh, just fill out your application there. Myself or one of our, our specialists. Look, we don't have salespeople. People know me as the hardcore closer. And look, I grew up my whole life in sales. But the way we run our business, we don't have salespeople at this point. We've got proven results. So we have a specialist that just makes it sure that you're a fit and then talks to you about whichever level they believe that you belong on. Because like I said, there's four different levels of the program. So uh, not everybody belongs in our executive program, right? And so they talk to you with where you're at in life and what your current goals are, where you should be at, how you can work it out with them. So uh, if you don't like it, you just hang hang up and go along with some value in your life. If you do like it, you get to join us on this ride. You know, nice. You got any scholarships? <laughs> we don't do we don't do stuff like that. We give a lot of bonuses away for people that take action. You know, I've got 23 digital products, and so we give a lot of stuff like that away as well. But yeah. Uh, I try to be, this was the first year, now that you mentioned that, this is the first year that I ever gave discounts. In in 10 years of doing this, it gave discounts because of COVID. I wanted to help as many people as possible. So we, this summer, we had discounted things that we charged $5,000 down to like 250 bucks just to help our community. I didn't blast it out to the public or run ads to it or nothing like that. It was just something for our community to Give them a bunch of programs to learn when people were having to do Zooms that had never done them before, and people were having to learn to work on social media and they've never done that before. We we like hooked everybody up, man. I think we sold thousands of packages, so I mean we made money as well, obviously. Uh, but it was this was the first year that I've ever given any kind of discount or scholarship or whatever because of obvious reasons. So yeah, yeah, I'm interested though for sure. I've
0: I have a pretty you know large network that I've amassed you know, lots of different things going on, but I haven't been great at monetizing it. And so I'd, l- I'd love to get some coaching on that. So I'm going to definitely connect with you. Yeah,
1: man, that's what we
0: do. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a good conversation, man. I hope that, you know, the audience out there gets to gets to hear this and, and just maybe thinks about things a little bit different than they did before they heard all this. Because I know I just stuffed a whole bunch in a short period of time, Uh, but I didn't really tell you anything that was complex, but just because it's uh, simple,
0: doesn't mean it's easy either, so. Now you were dropping gem after gem. Actually, everybody, again, leave your biggest takeaway as a comment below and uh, we can compare notes with each other. There were so many things I was writing notes down during the the whole talk, so. All right, well, thanks again, Ryan.
1: Yeah, nice to meet you, Rob, thank you.